Please remain standing for the reading of Scripture, which this morning comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 21. In the Spirit, the angel carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no more night. They need no lamp, no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Wow, D Stone pulling triple duty over there. Thanks a lot. Give a round of applause. One of the wonderful things about being the preacher at Peachtree Christian is you get to be up this high, which means a couple of things if you did not know. One, I can see when you're texting. Two, it lets me see how many empty spots we've got. This must be Memorial Day weekend, huh? What do you think? We should just take a beach trip together. You want to go to the beach together? Let's call it good. Well, I did work on a sermon, so maybe I should give it. Let's do it. Let's pray. Creator God, we are thankful for the life that you have given us. We confess that we haven't always been so good with that gift, and we found ways to sully it, to abuse it. But we believe in our hearts and confess in our mouths that you've sent your Son Christ to reconcile us to you, to create in our hearts a desire, a cultivated sense for your kingdom. You sent your Spirit as a guide and friend to walk this kingdom path, to, to make us a community of care. Send your Spirit freshly in this very hour, God, for you and I know that without you, I can do nothing. Help your spirit give us a glimpse of your heart as we think about the book of Revelation. We offer these words in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, who lives with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. 
The church that I used to work at is about 75 yards from the hotel where Colleen and I had our wedding reception. That was a 30-second drive from the church door to the hotel venue, and we didn't just choose that hotel because it was really close. We chose it because we got a great deal. When we booked the reception, the hotel wasn't even finished being built, and so they were trying to get bookings. So we got, that's where we got the deal. But I, I remember the day being with Colleen and my mother-in-law, walking through this hotel, being led by the event planner, and what we were seeing was a work in progress. She would say things like, well, you can see this fixture here is going to be a chandelier, and there's going to be a grand staircase. I was getting a glimpse of what was to come snapshots, amuse-bouches, a little palette thing that made me want to see it in full. All of creation for the Christian tradition is a glimpse of something more. It's a glimpse, a signpost of what's truly in God's heart. That is to say, everything we look at is a glimpse into what God wants it to ultimately be. Here in the book of Revelation, St. John gets a glimpse in a whole other way. He has a vision on top of a mountain, as it were, and he sees something of the future. He sees the world as God wants it to be. There's a beautiful river in it. It's a river with the water of life. It says that there are not just one tree of life, but there's many trees of life on both sides of the river, and it's always in fruit. It tells us that the leaves are for the healing of the nations. I would love to see us get a new stained glass window sometime of this picture. This is a wonderful picture of life the way God wants it. And what's more is this is a lush, bountiful, beautiful existence for God's people to live in, but it's, it's also permeated by God. One of the things to note from the passage is that it says that there is, is no temple there, and there's no sun, and there's no moon. Why no temple? Well, let's first ask what a temple is. A temple is a place for God to dwell in the midst of the people. But you see, the way God wants the world to be, what it will become, there won't be any need of a temple. There won't be a need of a place to mediate one's relationship with God. God will permeate the world. God will be closer to the people than they could have ever imagined. God is right there. One of the technologies that we've uh, come up with in our world that, that's been very helpful for personal relationships is, is the telephone uh, capable of Skyping and FaceTiming. Raise your hand if you've ever used Skype or FaceTime. So it's wonderful because you, you, it's not just hearing the voice of your loved one, but you get to see their face. And, and this has been used by our people in the military who are able to see their children and their families from when they're uh, deployed overseas somewhere. And I saw this one commercial, one of these video clips of, uh, and I'm a sucker for these clips, by the way. I, I was watching it the other night. It's a, a moment where a little girl was talking to her daddy over one of these Skype devices, right? And now I'm already crying because I'm a father to daughters. And she's talking to her daddy, and she wants her daddy to be there. But if he can't be, this is a real great thing, right? He's, I can see his face. But what she didn't know is that daddy was home, and he was hiding in another room. And he came out. And it was one of those moments where 
He said her name, and, and you know, you could hear it audibly, and then on delay on the phone. And she was confused, and she turned around and saw her dad. You know what she did to the phone? She dropped it. She ran to her daddy. Because there's nothing like the presence of your loved one. In the world as God wants it, God is there. We won't need temples and cathedrals to mediate space between us and God, for God will be with God's people. It also tells us in this world to come that the nations, and I I mean that plural, the nations are present, which is profound because the, the, the God that we read of in Scripture chose a nation, chose a people, and made them into a nation, but from here on out, the nations of the world are told about this, commi- uh, this community they can be part of. And it says that the nations will walk by God's light, which is profound because nationhood and statecraft and just basically the way we think about our worlds, we, we, we tend to walk by our own rhythms, We tend to set our culture the way we want it and kind of go in a particular direction. But in this case, it's turned right upside down. All the nations that are present here in this age to come, all the sovereignties are brought in, and they all bend the knee to God. And they begin to walk by the rhythms of God, by the rhythms of God's own light. I know I'm a curmudgeon sometimes, so forgive me for this curmudgeonly opinion, but I'm not a huge fan of watching the Olympics. But the part I love about watching the Olympics, the thing that I take great pride in watching is the opening ceremonies. What are they? It's a celebration of life. People come in in their colors of their country and their team. They're waving flags. They're singing songs. And the one thing about it is that it's all the people gathered together. It's not just one country. It's all the countries brought together, unified by sport and competition. And it's just this great display of humanity as a human family. The vision, the glimpse that John gets of the world as God wants it, it's not ethnocentric. It's a vision of a world that includes everybody. It includes people who are unique. It includes people who have different languages and different different cultures. They're all gathered together. And it tells us that the leaves of this tree of life are for the healing of the nations. In a world fraught with wars, God's heart is for peace between nations. God's heart is for restoration between people in broken relationships, all gathered together. This glimpse that John gets is really of a new Eden. You know what the word Eden means? It means delight. We get a sense of what God wants for things by creating a place called delight. He created a place called to delight that he could inhabit with his creations, with his people together in a verdant and lush existence with life abounding. That's how it begins. And we know that in the story of Scripture, uh, things go sideways. But here is a glimpse at the very end of Scripture, and it looks really similar to the first. A delight, a garden with trees of life and a river of life and God God living with God's people. And these people, these people are diverse. 
These people are united, though, by the kingdom of God. There's an interesting cultural artifact that I'm sure most of you know about. It's John Lennon's famous song, Imagine. Yeah, I know we like the song because we have to. I wrote a folk song once called Take That John Lennon and refuted it because his premise is, let's talk about all the things that divide us and imagine a world that doesn't see those things that divide us and we just, we're just, we're together. And he says, so imagine there's no heaven, no religion, that kind of thing. And we can all just live as one. It's kind of happy, sappy. But here's the thing. John Lennon's not truly rejecting Christianity. He's just rejecting how Christians have lived. Christians have lived in such a way as to alienate and divide people. That's true. We should just confess it. He's not rejecting the book. Because what does the book say? The heart of God is that the nations would come together. The heart of God is that people would come together in peace, in harmony, and live with each other in the embrace of God together as one. Oh, it's a beautiful image, this, this new Edenic image. When the, when the Christian message is really live, peace reigns. I was reading this week about the Christmas truce of 1914. You remember that from your history books? Uh, in Europe, we were obviously in World War I. The, the, the men at battle were in trench warfare, which is every description of it to me sounds like it just couldn't be more like hell. And I said that on Christmas Day, people of different countries and languages were singing Christmas carols, and they stopped fighting. They came out on the battlefield. It gave them a chance to bury their dead. They didn't fight. They sang songs. They roasted pigs. They exchanged cigarettes. Some were even seen playing soccer or, as the nations call it, football. I wish they didn't fight anymore. They had to go back to it. But it's because it was Christmas. It made them all think differently for a time. Oh, when we live the Christian life, when we take hold of these glimpses of the world as God wants them, we, we see peace between people. We see what was broken healed. We see restoration. Today, this is our glimpse. We wonder what the world's going to hold for us tomorrow. Well, we have a picture of the world as God wants it. And what's beautiful about trying to live the Christian life is this becomes more than our hope. We have this thing about the Christian life. It's called proleptic living. It's a big word, and here's what it means. When you live proleptically, you don't just think about the future good stuff that God's promising and you don't just wait for the future good stuff that God is promising by sitting on your hands. You actually start living the future good stuff that God is promising right now. We can get a glimpse of the world that God wants, where God's presence is everywhere and brokenness is restored and peace reigns among people. And friends, we're not going to simply wait for it if we follow Jesus. We're going to live that way now. Join me this weekend. Join me today in trying to take the presence of God wherever we go. Join with me in trying to share leaves that are healing for the nations. Join with me as we try to broke, uh, fix our broken relationships. Join me in living our hope today, not simply waiting for it tomorrow. We are given these glimpses 
so that we can know how to live today. I bless you.